The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hello, and welcome to the Honest Art Podcast. I'm your host, Jody King. I want to let you know about something really exciting coming up soon. My team and I want to support artists like never before. So we are hosting our first annual free online summit called Art Biz and Soul. It'll be a two-day live event with 16 incredible speakers and teachers who are leaders in their industry. You'll learn skills to make your art so much stronger, strategies to make more money, and methods to connect to your intuition so you can make your best, most honest art. As I said, this summit is free and you don't want to miss it because there has never been anything like this to support artists. The Art Business Soul Summit will take place online October 3rd and October 4th. Head to the show notes to learn more and to sign up. Can't wait to see you there. Welcome back to the podcast. In today's episode, I'm answering your burning questions. I love doing this. And if you have any questions that you would like for me to answer on the podcast, you can just head to the show notes where there is a link to leave your question. Or if you don't want to do that and you just think of something later, go to my Instagram page at J-O-D-I-E underscore K-I-N-G underscore, and you'll see a link there to be able to ask your questions. But let's get into it. All right. The first question is from Camille. So thank you, Camille, for uh, writing in. So here's Camille's um, question. She says, I have a large body of work and sell paintings, but irregularly, some for multiple thousands of dollars, but I partner with wineries and other local boutiques in the area to show my work, and I know a lot of the local gallery owners, but somehow I just feel super nervous reaching out to galleries. I don't sell a lot of pieces super fast just a few every every few months. Sometimes some smaller pieces, sometimes a big multiple thousand dollar piece. It's just hit or miss. I know that reaching out to galleries would be beneficial because they could help me sell more pieces more often. But I've been told so many different things about what they're looking for and what will offend a gallery owner, etc., that I'm super nervous to ask any galleries if they're interested in representing me. Could you talk about your experience being represented by galleries and what, in your opinion, is the best way to approach galleries? Camille, I can so resonate um, with your question. And first First of all, I just want to acknowledge, of course, you are nervous to reach out to galleries. And the reason is, this is so, this is the same thing for so many artists. The thing is, you are an artist. The thing that you are creating is not, it's not a widget, right? You are birthing things into the world that have never existed and this shit is really personal. Um, 
it's it's not just some you know you're not selling a shoe that somebody else designed this is something that has come through you that you have created so I get it and I too was so nervous when I first started reaching out to galleries um and for the record I was rejected many many times and looking back on it I fully understand and the reason is my art just wasn't up to gallery standards yet. Now, um, as far as my experience goes, your, you know, your question was, you know, what is it like um, being represented by a gallery? I've had good experiences and I've had not so great experiences. Um, but I think here's the one thing that I want all artists to know, um, and that is, let's just say that having gallery representation is not the pinnacle that I thought it would be. I love galleries and I love having gallery representation, but I just want to tell you it's, it's not the pinnacle. Um, I, by the way, if you guys would hang in there for next week's episode, I'm talking in depth about, uh, what it takes to get into a gallery, but I'm going to also answer your questions here. So the first thing is you said you don't want to offend the gallery owner. And I'm telling you that they get submissions all the time, sometimes hundreds of submissions a week. So really, unless you're rude, you're not going to offend them at all. This is their business. They are looking for great art and they especially love it when it's great art paired with a really kind artist. So it's important um, to network. So you were saying, you know, some of these gallery owners, networking is so important. So don't miss an opportunity to frequent their gallery openings. Um, now, I do want to caution you, this is not the time to ask the gallery owner for representation. This is just time to network, be a patron, say hello, introduce yourself, but it's not the time to ask for representation. The second thing is research to see if the gallery is a good fit for you. And by good fit, what I mean is you want to find a gallery that is similar um, in the way the artist's uh, style is, the uh, their medium, meaning if you are a watercolorist, you don't want to apply to a gallery who primarily represents sculpture. Um, you also want to find a gallery whose price point is similar to yours. So in other words, if you're selling art and, and like say your average piece of art is $2,000, but you are wanting to apply to a gallery whose average piece of art is $40,000, that's not going to be the right fit. So find uh, a gallery that has a similar price point. And then the, the third thing you want to look at is find a gallery who represents artists in a similar stage of career um, as you. So by that, I mean, you know, if you are an emerging artist, find galleries that really are excited about emerging artists, not uh, artists that, you know, are, let's say, dead, right? There are a lot of galleries whose focus is on, you know, artists that, um, you know, are gone and they've been in the business a long time. And sometimes in that case, they sell for hundreds of thousands of dollars. Okay, the third thing uh, as far as applying to galleries is follow the gallery submission guidelines. Every gallery submission guidelines are different and you can find those submission guidelines 
um, on each gallery's website. There, it's usually there. The fourth thing is um, you want to write a uh, an email to them that's personal but concise and addressed to the gallery director or curator. Again, this will be usually available in the information on their website. And um, again, in next week's episode, I'm going to go way in depth about what this letter needs to include. But I'll just say here, you want to introduce yourself, explain why you are interested in their gallery specifically, and highlight what makes your work unique and relevant to that gallery. The fifth thing is you're going to want to include to include images of your best art. Okay. So it's not always the most recent piece you've painted. Um, but it's going to be, you want to send your best art. And let me tell you, it is always about the art. You can be the nicest person network. You can have a gazillion followers, all of that, but it always comes down to the art. So make your best art um, paint a lot and find those people pieces that represent what what you consider to be your best art. So that's number five. The sixth thing is uh, follow up. It is always um, suggested to follow up. Just like every business, these gallery owners or directors are very busy. So uh, as long as you're not rude or pushy, following up is you know, it's expected. And then the, the seventh thing I want to say about this, and this is really important, is I'd love for you to consider alternative opportunities um, to exhibit your work. Um, I know we believe as artists that the gallery, like I said, is the pinnacle, but it's really, it's really not in terms of there are so many ways that we can sell our art. For instance, there are four times as many interior designers as there are galleries. So if you um, have any access to interior designers, that's a good way to go about it too. Um, but if you're finding it challenging to get established in galleries, um, you can consider kind of different sort of exhibition type galleries like you consider an artist run gallery that's one one thing and that's sometimes a more of a co-op and oftentimes uh, the artist is just required to work in the gallery for a bit to be able to hang their art there you can consider nonprofit organizations art fairs uh online art platforms so these can, these platforms, regardless of what they are, they can provide exposure for you and they can help you build your reputation and potentially uh, catch the attention of traditional galleries in the future. So thank you for that question. Again, next week's episode is going to have a ton of detailed information on this. Um, okay, so question two. This comes from Fanny. And Fanny asks, uh, she would really like um, to talk about how working from the kitchen table versus from your studio, if that really affects your honest art. And this is such a good question. Fanny, I painted in my kitchen uh, or my dining room. And actually, eventually I got an extra room in the house. But um, I did that for years and years. I 
I want to say I probably did that for, I've been doing this 20 years. I probably painted out of my kitchen or dining room or out of my home for maybe 13 of those years. So I have a lot of experience at at the dining room table. Um, So my experience, you know, you're, you were asking about if it affects the honest art. My experience is, you know, I was fortunate for many years. I was painting more representational things uh, like, uh, you know, animals or I, I really loved painting rusty trucks for a bit. Um, you know, I liked painting people. So I was doing more representational art. So I wasn't getting a lot of questions like, what is that? Or what does that mean? You know, anything like that. So um, I felt like I was still able to create my most honest art. It changed a little bit with abstract work because abstract is so subjective. A lot of people have their own interpretation of it. But um, either way, I did get comments. And I found the hardest part of painting in, you know, a setting where people can come in and out. Um, I, what I found was hard was when you're in the fugly stage of the painting, you know, every painting that I've ever painted has gone through a fugly stage. It's like, you know that you're in the fugly stage, but it's not something that other people know. So when they will, would walk through the room or they would walk through the kitchen or whatever, I would tend to be like embarrassed, like then they would make comments then. And that was, you know, that would affect me. But um, yeah, that was to me the worst part of it. But here's what um, I did. And this is what I suggest if you are painting in like a more open public space like that. And that is to set your own boundaries. Because if you're not an artist and you're living in the home with an artist you tend to feel like you can just say whatever you want (laughs) about the piece. But as we know, as an artist, this is a really personal thing. So if you can set boundaries um, with the people in your home, let's say like um, that you don't want any comments, no comments on the art until you say it's finished. So that's a boundary that I think can be really effective. You can tell um, your kids, especially if they're a little bit older, you can tell a partner, you can just say, look, you know, this is my art. This is what I'm doing. And, um, sometimes pieces are not finished yet and I feel really self-conscious. So if I could just ask you guys, please don't make any comments on my art until, um, I say the piece is finished. Um, so that's something I found helpful, but you know, in terms of the quality of my art, um, being like when I'm painting at home or when I'm painting in the studio, I think that the quality of the art was the same. So there are many incredible artists that are painting from home and they're just doing, you know, amazing, amazing art. So it, it you don't have to have a studio to make great art. Um, okay. So thanks for that question. Now, question number three. Uh, it says, I am, this is from Dallas, by the way, and it says, I am inches away from turning 43 and I've been painting for over 20 years. That's amazing. I would consider myself a serious abstract artist for the last 10 years. 
I do a few markets, sell to family and friends, a couple of commissions here and there, but I feel stuck. I want to take my art to the next level. I work full time. So outside of that, I have a website, I have social media, and I've been down the Etsy rabbit hole, but it's hard to stay consistent. I can't leave my full-time job, but being a full-time artist is an absolute dream of mine. I want to have my own studio and teach classes and support other artists who are where I am right now. I don't know how to find my audience, my buyers, or my collectors. Do you have any tips for partial semi-established artists um, who want to crank it up a notch? So I just think this is an incredible question. And I understand the dream of being a full-time artist and supporting other artists and teaching classes. This is what I do. I feel like I do have my dream job and I feel incredibly fortunate and very, very grateful. Um, But the first thing I want to address is um, the Etsy question. Um, You said you would put your your art on Etsy. Now, I'm just going to, people can feel free to disagree with me, but one of the things that I have seen with artists is I have not seen Etsy elevate artists' work. You know, there, there is, there are a lot of incredible things on Etsy, but it, it does tend to be, um, I would say more of a craft type marketplace right now. It may change obviously in the future, but I haven't seen artists really feel like their work gets elevated um, to like that fine art status from Etsy. So I just want to just tell you, like, don't, don't worry so much if, if you feel like you haven't been consistent um, with Etsy. The, the good news is you have a lot of other avenues to sell your work and to, um, yeah, just to get yourself out there. Okay, so first thing I would ask you, Dallas, is do you have an email list? Um, if you don't have an email list, definitely start one. Now, when I say an email list, you'd be like, how do I start an email list with a thousand people or, you know, 5,000 people? You, you do not need that many people. In fact, I always suggest start with like your Christmas list. Maybe you've got 25, maybe you've got 50 um, people on your Christmas list. I bet you can even write down between friends, family, acquaintances. I bet you can write down lots of names of people um, that you know and that is the list that I would start from because those are the people that already know you. They likely know that you are an artist, um, but they may not know to the extent that you are serious about this. So start with an email list. Now, what you're going to need to do is you'll need an email marketing platform. Uh, there's lots of them out there like Constant Contact or MailChimp, you know, just go to the Googles to find them. But um, there are so many out there that are free up to a certain number of subscribers. And if you don't have a list, you're it's likely to be free to you right off the bat. Um, but the thing is, is that it is illegal to just add people to an email list. Uh, you know, you can't do that. But what you can do and what I've seen a lot of artists uh, be really successful with is they will get with an email marketing provider, like, like I said, Constant Contact or something like that. And they send their first email through that and they'll send it to this list that I'm talking about. 
And in the email, it just like you introduce yourself, you talk to your friends and family and you tell them what you're up to. And you tell them in this email that they can unsubscribe if they don't want to get your emails. And you may have a few unsubscribes, but in general, it's, you know, people are going to be excited to know what you're up to. And before you start thinking, uh, people don't want to get an email from me, that is not true because you are different than all of these other emails that you get from, you know, all of these big retailers. You know, those emails, they're just wanting to sell you something every time and that can get exhausting. What you want to do is you want to share like once a month what you're up to within your, I'm going to call it your studio, even if your studio is, you know, your dining room table. But they want to know what you're up to. Being an artist is really fascinating to so many people and uh, so many people have that same dream as well. So share what you're up to. Trust me, people will find it interesting. Okay, so the next thing I suggest is um, having a social media strategy. So I know you said that you haven't been um, consistent with any of it. And so with that, I would say you don't have to post on social media every single day. But if you could post something consistently, like for um, posts a week and you can even batch that. And what I mean by that is you can, let's say, you know, Sunday afternoon, you can say, okay, I'm going to choose these four photos and I'm going to use these four photos, um, for the week. And so you've already got it all nailed down. You can even write out your captions for them. You can, you know, just write that in a word document and say, it's all ready to go. Uh, but here's what I'd, I, it, think it's really important to say is if you are using your social media right now for more personal things, like, like I did, you know, posting pictures of my vacations or my dog or stuff like that, start adding in, you don't have to, you know, shut all that down or delete any of that. Just start adding in your art and the process. And I always like to say, when you're wondering what to post, think about the three P's and the three P's are going to be, yeah, you know, your paintings, obviously, and they can even be a cropped version. It doesn't have to be a whole painting. Uh, your painting, your process, which means something like you could just show the brushes that you love. You can show a little video of you painting. It could be zoomed in. It doesn't have to be zoomed out, but so painting process. And the third P would be the person. It is really true that uh, people like to buy the art and the artist. And with so many artists out there, setting yourself apart by letting people know who you are can be really helpful. The other thing I want to suggest is find an artist organization in your area so that you can start participating in art fairs or art exhibitions. This is a really, really great way, again, to get seen, to get noticed. And oftentimes, these artist organizations will also hold art critiques that you can participate in. And that's a great way to start making your strongest art. And then lastly, uh, I really want to suggest uh, you having an open studio. And I know you're going to be like, I don't have a studio. (laughs) And that's fine. I used to have, you know, my quote studio in my home. So you could have an open studio in your home. Now, some people are not comfortable with this. Um, I don't, you know, if you're not comfortable with this, then absolutely don't do it. But 
the way I like to think of an open studio out of your house is it's kind of like a coming out party of like if you've kind of been a little bit more of of a closet artist, a little like you don't really want to be that out there. This is a great way to like have a, a party, right? It's like an art party and you can hang your art. You can offer, you know, some food, you know, adult beverages, if that's your, your jam, but you can have it for your friends and your family. And the thing you do is you ask them all to bring one person. So it's not just for people you know. Now you're expanding your reach to other people in your community. So listen, this is a long game. All right. So I know that your goal and your dream is to, uh, you know, go full time in doing this and it is possible. I am proof of it. Um, you know, the thousands of artists that I talk to, uh, the people that are mentor, I can tell you it is absolutely possible. This is not a pipe dream. You can do it, but it's a long game and it's all about consistency. So anything that you can do to make it easier for you to stay consistent uh, will be the key to your success. So, okay, you guys, until next time, take good care of yourselves and each other. And for goodness sakes, keep painting. The world needs what only you have to offer. Once again, you don't want to miss the free Art Biz and Soul Summit coming up October 3rd and 4th. There will be 16 speakers whose work is really on the cutting edge of creativity of business and of energy practices. You can register at the link in the show notes and I really hope to see you there.